Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Joe Rossi of the Yes Boxing Club, coming to you from New Jersey. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you today? How you doing, Joe? Uh, I love I love it already. You're Joe. I'm Joe. This is easy. It certainly makes it easy to remember for the both of us and. And for a guy in boxing for as long as you have been, I, I'm sure trying to remember names might get every a little touchy every now and then. So, Joe, first things first, I mean, obviously we're here to talk the Yes Boxing Club and, and everything that you do from a business standpoint operationally. But before we get into that, before we talk strategy, tactics, and, and all that you do day to day, it helps contextually to hear a bit about kind of how we got here in the first place. And so tell us about this boxing club. What made you want to start a gym and, and how did we get here? Okay. Well, when I was a kid, I would say about my earliest memories are around five years old. Uh, I had an automatic love for boxing. Uh, you know, my family would always watch all the fights at that time. And predominantly you had, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, Hagler, Hearns, Duran. It was uh, a real dynasty of boxing and it was always on TV. And it's just one of those things when I saw it, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I needed to be around it. I needed to, this was my life. And I never let go of that dream. And, you know, it brought me to where I am today, which is, uh, you know, being a, a boxing coach, a licensed boxing coach at, at the amateur and professional level and having a boxing gym uh, that represents the sport. We're one of the best boxing gyms in the state of New Jersey. And I can say that because we put out champions who are the best in their weight class out of the entire state, if not, you know, the country. So for me, I take pride in that. And it's just really living out that childhood dream that I had that I never quit at. So that's what brought me, you know, to where I am today. Yeah. And, and I, I find that it's rare and, and it sounds silly, but it's rare that people grow up dreaming about running gyms like this, but that was you, right? You've wanted this. This has been in your mind for quite some time now. And so here you are, you own the gym, you've been running the gym for, almost 20 years now, how has your experience been as a business owner? Tell us about that. Uh, you know, I always like to put a positive spin on it, but I think honesty is always the, the, the best answer. And to be truthful, I could literally say I have gone through hell and back uh, from having that dream and, you know, making it a reality. Um, I remember the first year in business opening up, uh, I had perfect credit. I had a lot of money in the bank. And then my daughter was born with a hip issue that needed an immediate surgery. And, and, you know, right now I have to accumulate members. I have to figure out the ins and outs of being a first year, you know, gym owner and, 
and then that happens. So next thing I know, I rack up my credit cards and I deplete my savings because my mindset is, you know, you know, business is business, but I'm going to do anything I can for my daughter. And my wife and I, uh, you know, did everything we could. And here I am after my first year of business, my daughter, thank God, got her surgery. Uh, you know, it, it was 100 percent. But we had all these medical bills that weren't covered by insurance and we had great insurance. Um, but, um, you know, we were going to Columbia Presbyterian right over uh, the, the George Washington Bridge. We, you know, we yep. had, um, you know, a lot of credit card debt. And so now I had to figure that out. So I feel like that pressure of not just opening up the gym for the first year, but now having the added financial issues that I did not plan for, not in that way. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, you know, uh, pressure can make diamonds or it can bust pipes. And, and, and luckily I made a diamond out of my situation, but I mean, you know, I, like I said, I went through hell and back. I could tell you working, you know, uh, almost 20 hour days. And that sounds crazy to imagine, but driving, you know, home where I live, I live 109 miles away from my gym because we moved out of the area, but I still didn't mind the commute. But now I had these odds working against me. I remember sleeping on the roadside just to take a power nap so I could make it home back to my family to kiss them goodnight. So it was yeah. a rough road to answer your question. It was to hell and back. Yeah, I mean, you, Joe, you describe it as crazy, but yeah. our audience are gym owners, man. Gym owners get it. Gym owners know 18-hour days, 20-hour days are not outside of the norm. And then business owners in general, when you're trying to get something off the ground like this, you're the guy unlocking the doors in the morning. You're the guy coaching the classes. You're the guy cleaning toilets. You're the guy doing marketing, doing sales. You're everything. And those things take time. And so here you are, the business is a little bit more mature and a little bit more solidified. When you describe what you do or what the gym does, how do you explain that to people? How do you tell them what the service actually is? Well, we teach the sport of boxing. Uh, that's why you come to me and you're either going to learn the sport of boxing for the sake of competition, which we, you know, that's why our gym exists at the amateur and pro level, or you're going to learn how to box for fitness, or you're going to learn to box for self-defense. But in all those categories, you're going to learn how to box. So I look at it as the value that we bring to the individual is teaching them how to box. And depending upon what their goals are, uh, whatever their goals are, they're going to go away with value because they're going to learn a self-defense uh, you know, a, a martial art that's going to last for the rest of their lifetime, or they get to be an athlete and compete. So, you know, yes, we teach all different types of training because they're athletes. But at the end of the day, uh, my business operates by bringing value through teaching the sport of boxing. Yep. And, and boxing lends itself well to both sides of that. Yes, there is a sport aspect of it, but is there value in it for everyday people who aren't looking to step into the ring and are just looking to move a little bit better, feel a little bit better, look a little bit better? Of course, of course there is. And so you guys have both sides of that coin. I want to hear a little bit about the marketing that goes into this and, and how people find you in the first place. What's been successful for you to bring in new clients in the past? So 
the early success of our gym was predominantly in the boxing world because we competed in the sport and we were winning, you know, state championships year to year. Um, we got a good reputation for ourselves. The so word of mouth in the boxing community brought more boxers in and then that spread. And that continues to be our main uh, caveat is word of mouth. But I will say this, one thing I have noticed once I start, once I got my website up on, um, you know, the internet and, and I got, you know, a Google page and attached my Instagram through Google and occasionally I would update Google with a picture or a quick, you know, write up. I noticed I started getting a lot of phone calls uh, to, to our gym and I'm like, okay, there's a correlation here. And then I started seeing the Google analytics. And I noticed when you get on Google in that capacity and link your social media to your Google account with your website, now you start popping up in the search engines. And yep. so now when somebody's looking for boxing lessons, we're up on the search engines. And then it also pays having your members post on Google, giving you it review. All contributes. Yeah, and, and all of that, I noticed, it, now it's off the hook. Now it's like, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I don't do much outside of just, you know, answering phones and text messages and getting back to people because we have a constant stream of people just getting in touch with us, asking for boxing lessons, you know? Yeah. So I would say word of mouth got the ball started, got the ball rolling, and it continues, you know, but now I really believe social media, Google. Yeah, it's interesting, like, you you touched on a lot of what, search engine optimization, SEO, and, and it sounds like this big scary term to people that don't know what it is, but it's some basic work and, and a little bit of know-how makes such a huge difference when it comes to filing up the ranks on Google and being findable when people are looking for a service like yours and, and to supplement that social media right if you're a gym in 2022 and you're not on facebook and you're not on instagram what are you doing those are yeah. where people are going they're it, regardless of where they heard about you they're gonna check it out on social media first to get a feel for what it is and so if we're not active on these things they're probably gonna find somewhere else to go in all honesty yeah and so for for you the social media piece of that has this been organic, putting out content, putting out pictures, videos, stories, tagging people, whatever it is, or have you guys dabbled into the paid advertising side of it yet? Never done any paid advertisement of it. Um, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I, how should I say this? I value authenticity and natural interactions. And I think it stands the test of time that when you put out value in a service, more come looking for you and it also saves a lot of headaches because you know a lot of marketing in my opinion and this is my opinion and and you know i i, I you know i just value this aspect of my life and how i could tell the gym but a lot of marketing brings in people that don't align to what i'm looking for as a coach you know so for me it, it doesn't matter if i get 20 more people in the gym that it's really not for them what we do. Yeah. They just want to yeah, be there yeah. because they got hooked in versus- Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you know? I agree. So, and, good, and, and, and in my opinion, I'm, I'm not completely against what you're saying at all. In my opinion, yeah. good marketing 
if done well, should yeah. turn people away that don't belong just as much as it does bring in the people that do belong. And marketing can mean any number of things. Marketing yeah. doesn't need to mean paid advertising on social media or on Google. It could yeah. be any number of formats. But I think it's, I mean, it's, it's important for us to take a step back and, and think about the purpose of it overall. Obviously, the purpose is to bring in new members, bring in new yeah. clients. Are you yeah. guys looking to add to your membership base? Can you take more people at this time? Uh, no, believe it or not. We have usually a one-month waiting list right now, which is not huge or anything big. Um, I'm very choosy now because I, I have the option to be on who I want to accept in our gym, uh, thankfully. And, and like what you said, I agree 100% with you. If you're marketing correctly, it's not a bad thing, you know, and, and no. And, and, uh, you know, for me, I mean, listen, I'm doing it in a way myself, you know, so it's not like I'm against it uh, just by using Google and, and, and you know, following some of the algorithms. That's a that's a form of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not like for or against. I just think, you know, for me, mostly what I rely on is, you know, um, people who want to learn to box for self-defense, for fitness or for competition. And I have a knack of finding that just by whenever we get an inquiry and have them meet me in the gym for the first time, just through a basic quick conversation, I pick up right away. If this person, you know, uh, wants to be here for those three things that we prioritize in the gym. And if not, you know, I, I try to sway the conversation. I give them time to think because, you know, uh, I, I value people, you know, really wanting to be there versus just, you know, trying it out to see if they're going to like it or not. You know, that I, um, I don't look for those uh, members. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to your point, it's far worse for us to sell somebody, take somebody's money yeah. on the illusion that they're getting what they're looking for. And then a month in, find out that this is far from what they thought it was. And now you have a pissed off customer. That's way worse than, than just yeah. not signing them up in the first point. And yeah. so we've got a membership waiting list. Um, we're a little bit more choosy with who we let in at this time. And so from a business perspective, Joe, what's the next step? Obviously, we're a little bit capped physically with how many people yeah. we can have. What in your mind is, is growth for the business? How are we able to take the next step without necessarily being able to add so many people? Uh, growth for the business for me is quality over quantity that would be number one so to improve the quality of the gym our members uh and that really is rooted into something that i set in my mission statement early on which was i didn't want to grow to be something that is no longer a resemblance of where it originally started and in the sense that I always, I always wanted to represent the sport of boxing, compete at the amateur and pro level, and grow the sport by bringing people in through you know, fitness, through self-defense, or competition. With that being said, uh, going forward, every year, it is my goal to at least produce three to five amateur boxing champions, or at least one professional boxing champion per year. So, you know, we're up until COVID, uh, you know, we were on track for that. And the last two years, it's been like the desert where boxing has been predominantly closed down. And, you know, we've just had to sit 
and not compete. So I'm, it's almost like a new day for me right now. So th this year, we just got off of two professional boxing wins. And, uh, you know, we, we were all over the news, the mayor, this and that, which was great to come out of our, you know, our dry desert run from uh, the pandemic. And, and now we're on to the, to the state tournaments that go all the way to the Olympic level. And uh, that starts in June, and we're looking forward to that. So for me, we got to get back to that right now. Uh, that's the first step. And in the future, yeah. it's and just quality over quantity. I'm not looking to grow in, in, in at this expense of uh, becoming something uh, that's watered down or less potent because, uh, you know, for me, it's very important uh, to really teach people uh, the right way. And, you know, if, if you expand or if it becomes less intimate, uh, less, you know, personally involved to become something different so I, i'm trying to balance that if that makes sense yeah well i think i mean in in the past people that are so passionate about the sport whether it's boxing mma jujitsu any of these sort of competitive fight sports if you will or strength sports powerlifting bodybuilding strongman whatever it is yeah a lot of the time we've seen success in opening up a different location, right? This is the boxing gym. This is the boxer size gym, sort of the boxing light, if you will. And, and for more people looking to use boxing for weight loss purposes, for fitness purposes, for health purposes, is that something that's crossed your mind at any point? Uh, in, in regards to what, expanding another gym? And yeah, in, in a either a second location or an additional, maybe a service at another time. Is that something that you guys have thought about? You know, uh, yes, it, it has. And, and the funny thing is, is I had a, a lot of opportunities to expand the gym um, and I chose not to. Uh, I have had, you know, uh, businessmen who had a lot of, you know, there are members and, you know, they wanted to support us and, become a, a, a silent partner or, you know, financially support us with no strings attached. And I never deetered that way because I had the end vision in my head of what I wanted to be. And I stuck with that. And, you know, you know, maybe I'm a little bit different than a lot of, uh, you know, people in your audience. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm the same, you know, maybe it's a mix in between, but I can honestly say right now, that I'm living the dream I wanted to always live. And I, 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 not that I'm content in the sense of like, okay, this is all it's ever gonna be, but I'm financially secure. Uh, you know, I have a good, strong demographic following of, of members and, you know, uh, people that I feel are what I call my uh, yes familia, my YESS family that are gym members that have been there through, you know, for, for the last few decades. and. Um, it's all I could ever want. And we're competing at the amateur and pro level. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, it's one of those things that's like, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm very thankful. And um, as far as growing it, uh, you know, I would not want to grow it at the expense of it becoming something different. And for me, sure. I really, if, if you open up another gym doing what I do, I have to replicate myself and that's very hard to do because you can get some great trainers in there, you know, passionate trainers, uh, you know, coaches and all that, 
But for me, the way I operate personally, I have to feel like your family. I have to trust you with, you know, my business, which is my life. And, um, you know, for me to, uh, you know, expand another gym, it would have to be from within. And when the time is right, I have, you know, things that I think about right now, like I have a couple of coaches in my gym that are former boxers that I coached over a decade. And, you know, if they ever said, hey, Joe, you know, I would really like to, uh, you know, operate the gym, then I would entertain that thought because I trust them. I love them. It's a personal relationship and I know what they're capable of because they apprenticed under me, so to say, as a boxer and a coach. So that I would definitely do. I know it's a long-winded yeah. uh, answer, but I hope it answers your question. No, I think that's the best way that you could have answered it. I, I find that in our industry, a lot of the time success is exclusively measured on how many locations we have or how big we've grown this thing. but when starting a business, there are so many different inputs that we have to keep in mind and time invested is one, the quality of the product is another one. And for you, you feel like starting another location, time invested would go way up, quality might take a dip and that's not what you wanted when you started this sort of business. And so that's just as important to keep in mind. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Especially do. if you are able to pay your bills, because that's, yeah. that's, that's an important factor here as well. Oh, what a blessing, right? You know, be able to pay your bills and, and, and you know, pay yourself and, uh, you know, uh, just feel, you know, secure and safe. That's a great feeling. Spot on. Joe, that is the perfect place for us to start to wrap this whole thing up. But before we get out of here and, and sign off, I want to give you the chance to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about the gym and what you guys do. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where should people go? Yes. Uh, if you go to Instagram, you can find us at the yes boxing club and that's T H E Y E S S boxing at the yes boxing club on Instagram. And you can find this at, www.yesboxing.com. Perfect. Joe, this has been awesome, man. I, I always enjoy the opportunity to, to interview gym owners like yourselves and, and see what makes you tick and what things you're thinking about when it comes to running a business. So I really appreciate your time, man. And I wish you nothing but the best moving forward here. Joe, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. And uh, I definitely, uh, you know, this conversation opened me up in many ways too. And uh, thank you for that. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Emily from Sculpt by Emily Tyson in Hampton Bays, New York. What's up, Emily? How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. All right. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? Well, I, my background is in dance and Pilates, and I started out as a Pilates instructor in my early 20s, and I worked at a studio, um, and I did that for a few years, and then I got really burned out from teaching because I was working very long hours, and I, my life kind of just took a different turn and path, and then it wasn't until after I had my first child in 2015 that I became very depressed. I got a lot, I was dealing with a lot of postpartum depression with her. And I realized that it wasn't because I was moving my body. I was always a very physically active person. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't just pick up and go to the gym like I normally could have because I was home with my daughter. So what I started doing was kind of fusing together all these aspects of fitness that I love, dance, Pilates, weights, um, you know, just different things that I really, music, everything mm -hmm. that I loved. And I started creating my own one hour classes for myself that I would do for myself while my daughter would take a nap. And I started doing that every single day. And I was able to kind of lift myself up out of this depression. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my second child was born that I thought to myself, you know, I think I could teach this to other people. You know, I was ready at the time. Like in the past, I was very hesitant, nervous. It was my own thing. So I wasn't sure, you know, if people were going to relate to it, but I just got that confidence. And my son was only eight weeks old. I reached out to a friend of mine who had a studio, a yoga studio. And I said, I have this method that I've created for myself. Can I teach it at your studio? And right away, he said, yes. And I started with one class a week and it just built and the momentum built. Um, you know, it's a very curated exercise that we do for 60 minutes. It's done in the heat. So people awesome. sweat. Yes. <laughs> um, the music changes every week. The moves change every week. So it's very dynamic and it's very exciting like and there was that buzz around the class so it became something that people wanted more of and I started teaching more classes I reached out to other studios I was trying to network with as many people as I could to get myself out there you know as best as possible and in the back of my mind I always thought wouldn't it be cool if I could have my own space because I was in other people's spaces and as, as great as that was it wasn't my own right um so you know i thought wow that would be am amazing and at the time i was a school teacher i taught high school so this was my like side gig thing and as much as i dreamt about it and thought wow that would be amazing there was that little voice in the back of my head that thought but that's just too much of a you know a project that's right. too much to bite off like there was a little bit of doubt and hesitation um, and I have no experience in business, so I didn't go to school for business. I just knew that I had this love for what I was doing and I wanted to, 
bring it to more people. Right. And so I was driving to work one day as a school teacher and I saw um, a for rent sign on this little building and I kept seeing it. I kept driving by it. I kept looking at it. And it wasn't until maybe like two weeks went by and I pulled over and I looked inside and I thought, maybe this could be it. This could be the place. Um, and I brought a friend of mine over with me one day and I talked to the landlord and I just had this gut instinct, like, yeah, I was going to do it. I was going to transform this place into a studio. So in 2019, um, the end of 2019, I signed a lease. I started building out the space and I opened January 1st of 2020, which was 10 weeks before I had to close for COVID. So yeah, it was, it was like years of this dream and then COVID hit. Um, and I had to close obviously as all gyms had to close. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had just gotten this business off the ground and I thought, how am I going to keep all of my people motivated and how am I going to keep the lights on mm-hmm. so um I invested in a video camera some I bought it on Amazon <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't know anything about recording mm-hmm. um but I just asked I was very very willing to learn and I asked a lot of people friends do you know anyone that knows anything about recording or you know do you know anything about uploading videos and I just, um, through trial and error, started recording classes and putting them up online. Mm-hmm. And friends helped me build a, a website. And before I knew it, I had a membership service that was um, you know, hosting videos for hundreds of people all over the world. Wow. So yeah, it, it, COVID really helped me grow that online business. Mm-hmm. And then I started Zooming classes for other people that didn't want to do something um, that was a little bit more intimate. You know, with Zoom, I was there, I could see you, I could cue you. Um, it was, there was a group of people that helped people a little bit more accountable. Um, so I did both. I did the online subscription and the Zoom for six months. Wow. So that's amazing that you were able to pivot that quickly and make that happen. That wasn't the case for a lot of people. Um, So good for you for being able to do that. That's huge. And being able to maintain and build your business. I mean, you just opened. So it's like, you know, that was kind of your, your only choice at that point. Now, what does it look like today? Are you doing in-person classes and keeping the online space an option. Um, And then kind of how many, how many clients are you serving in person versus online? What does that all look like? So in-person classes, we have between three and four classes a day, and there's 16 people that can fit in the studio right now. We're still Mm -hmm. kind of spreading out, keeping things spread out because of, of COVID. Um, so I would say there's about 60 to 70 people in the studio a day, um, throughout various times. And then online, I have over 350 subscribers and that's just building. I'm, I'm constantly building that business too. Um, you know, it really took off during COVID, but it's definitely a part of the business that I see as a, it, it, it's, it's an amazing, um, 
attribute, you know, it's like it, you can just create so much more revenue without yeah. having to do anything extra. Um, so trying to build that online business has been a real big goal of mine because I can only serve so many people in the studio. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's, it's the classes are packed and, you know, we're selling classes out. I wish sometimes that I had a bigger space. Um, but you know, that will come in time. Um, so I'm, I'm able, I'm able to serve a good amount of people because I'm, I have that the online presence too. Yeah, absolutely. And what does that look like? What are you providing for people online? Is it the class? Is there anything additional to that, like nutrition, accountability, anything like that? How does that all look online? It's basically classes, but the platform that I have, I'm, I'm really proud of because we change the workout every single week and I put up two new workouts a week. Um, so every week you're getting a new workout with a new soundtrack. Um, sometimes I have other teachers that I have at the studio record classes too. So you get a, a new face. Um, and then the videos are never taken down. So if you love one, you know, you can go back to it. You can do it if, over and over if you want to. So I'm never taking content down. I'm only building on it. And I offer sculpt, which is my signature class, but then variations of that. So there's express classes. There's, you know, just arms, just legs, just abs. I do, I do workouts on the trampoline. So there's cardio classes. Um, and I'm trying to offer um, a various, a variation of, of content for people, but create the library and just keep building it. Never take it down. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Very, uh, convenient and easy for people to use. And that's also a really nice thing about the online space, the convenience of it for both the end user and for you as the coach or the trainer is huge, you know, and it's so scalable. So you can reach anybody from anywhere with that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, as far as the in-person training goes, um, are you are you looking to grow that as well? I know you mentioned, you know, not having a lot of space in the in the current facility. So are you looking to grow that membership and eventually expand into a larger facility or I would love to have a bigger studio. That's a dream. Um, right now we don't have locker rooms. We don't have showers. It's very, you know, a grassroots project. Um, <laughs> as I like to call it. Um, we make do with what we have. Mm -hmm. um, I would love a studio. Like I said, it's heated and humidified, but right now, um, you know, I have my humidifiers going. I would love one day to have a space that has, you know, a real system. Yeah, yeah. One day, that's definitely something that I, I would love to have. Um, but for right now, you know, when the summer comes and we get busier, like I said, I have other trainers. So we really just... Um, to accommodate seeing more people, we just add more classes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's something to be said for keeping it kind of small. And um, I can really, I see all of the clients, you know, there's, there's that personal touch that happens when I'm there every single day. You know, I think if I were to open another space, it's so hard to find 
amazing people to help yeah. you. Mm -hmm. um, and right now the people that I have that work with me are just incredible. And I think the way we're working now, it works. Mm -hmm. So I'm not yet ready to jump into a bigger space or another location just yet. Although I right. do have a girl that I trained who's doing pop-up classes in Puerto Rico. Um, that is so I'm, cool. Yeah. It's an extension of sculpts. So she's down there teaching classes, which is, is, has been wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think, I think what has made me successful is taking very small steps and, you know, biting off enough that I knew that I could handle it. Right. Um, and without like crazy overhead and, um, yes. knowing that I could keep it manageable, that's really important to me and, mm -hmm. and keeping it personal is very right. important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. You know, it's like a lot of times, especially when facilities first open, uh, aside from COVID times anyway, um, there's a rush at the beginning, you know, and there's a lot of people that come in initially for a lot of different reasons, you know, but usually the main one being it's something new, right? And everybody wants to come in and check it out. And there's a lot of people at first. So sometimes as a business owner, it's like, oh, like, oh, I could do this again, you know, like, let's expand, let's grow, let's do more, let's, you know, and people tend to get ahead of themselves and they don't max out that current facility at hundred percent. Like you should be bursting at the seams before you even think about opening that second location. So it's a really good point to make because so many people do get ahead of themselves and they want to open that second location. And then, you know, it's, it might be good in the beginning. There's a lot of people, people are interested in it and then it kind of fades out and you know the overhead's still there the overhead's still the same and we can't pay our bills and a lot of times it, it creates a sticky situation and then it's putting a lot of pressure on the first location and it's very stressful so yes. definitely a, a good point there completely max out that first facility be bursting at the seams before you think about opening that second location yeah and we offer lots of classes so like you know i'll see that a class is filling up so we have something at 5 30 a.m then i'll add another class at 7 then 8 30 so i'm trying to maximize the space that i have there right now mm -hmm. um and like you said yeah it's got to be bursting at the seams and there's yes. something and there's something special about when classes sell out too you know yes. People can't get in and it's special. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I really like keeping it that way for now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's special. We've created a really incredible community of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, a little bit of scarcity goes a long way, you know, like when people, uh, they can't get in because it's full. It's like makes them want to get in even more. So, exactly. you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, now, as far as your marketing goes and getting the word out there about your in-person classes and then also online, how are you doing that? If you can believe it, I do everything on Instagram, everything. Yes. Um, Instagram has been an incredible resource for me. I can't believe that it's free. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's free marketing, free advertising. I remember you know, years ago when I was first starting my business, I think I had like 300 followers or something. And, and now I have almost 19,000 followers. And that's been just from 
posting and reposting and, and daily stories and, you know, showing my life. I'm very open. I'm very vulnerable to people. I'm very honest mm -hmm. in, in how I present myself. Um, and I think just growing through Instagram and word of mouth has, has been really all the marketing I do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So how many new faces are you seeing in the gym on a monthly basis on average? Would you say, I would say every month I would get like 20 new people. Mm -hmm. someone's bringing a friend, but those people are not like one-time people, then they stick around, you know, mm -hmm. and then they bring somebody. Um, so, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting new faces, maybe not so many new faces, but the new people that I'm getting are consistent clients, you know, coming four or five times a week. Mm -hmm. And then they're bringing, they're bringing their friends. Right. Um, you know, it was, it was tough getting back into it after COVID because there were some people that were not sure about coming back yet and we were actually if you could believe it in the studio for for like almost six or seven months wearing masks yes working out in that environment um but people are dedicated yeah that's good you've got the right people in your gym then they're dedicated that's yes. what I'm saying like the people that are newbies they're sticking, they're sticking around and they're coming, they're trying all the classes, they're trying classes with me or the other instructors. And, um, and like I said, bringing their friends, mm -hmm. it's, it's got a nice following. Yes. Nice following. Absolutely. That's awesome. Now, as far as other services within the business to provide other streams of revenue for the business itself, are you providing any type of nutrition, accountability, supplementation, retail, anything like that to provide any other streams? I have a small retail space where I sell, you know, some clothes, but it's really the majority of the money is coming from booking classes and classes online. Mm -hmm. um, we'll sometimes host uh, wellness events and I have uh, a good friend of mine, Marianne Jones, she's a, a health coach. She'll come in and we'll do sometimes like group um, uh, wellness meetings or like we just did a, a whole 30 together, but that's separate from the gym. So as far as revenue, like dollars is coming from people buying um, packs of classes. That's how mm -hmm. I sell things in, in okay. packs, um, uh, monthly unlimited or the streaming service. Okay. All right. So, um, most of the revenue is coming from that and you've got just kind of a, a small percentage. I mean, usually the retail doesn't typically bring in too much anyway. So, right. um, mostly from just your class packs and then, so in the online space, you're on a monthly reoccurring subscription yeah. kind of, and then in person you're doing class packages. Correct. Class packages. So you can buy like a 10 class pack of, of classes. Um, and that's $200. So you get mm -hmm. a class for 20 bucks. And that's another thing that I really, I stress the importance of keeping things affordable. Um, I live in a very, uh, tourist town and everyone tries to tell me their, you know, business advice, you know, you should charge more, you should charge more, you should increase your prices for the summer. Um, I never do that. I really, mm -hmm. 
I really value the local community and I really stress the importance of keeping things affordable to people so that you can come, you know? I don't, I mean, if I look at a studio down the street from me, they might be charging $50 for a class. Um, but to me, it's more important to keep it so that more people can come and more people can afford the classes and more people can afford to come on, you know, a basis that they're going to see results. Mm -hmm. uh, not that they can just come once a week or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as long as you have people who are sticking around and long enough to actually see those results because there's like there's two sides of the coin there you know because if you're too low then you just have people who come in they're kind of like tire kickers you know it's like they're they want to try the class and then they'll go to the next gym down the road and try it there and then they'll go somewhere else and they don't really commit anywhere to a membership they just kind of hop around but then on the other side of things you know it's like yes we want it to be affordable but we also want people who are serious about reaching their goals, you know? So typically people who pay a little bit more, pay a little bit more attention. Right. So there's, there's two sides to that. You know, we don't want it to be completely out of reach for them, but then also it's like, we don't want it to be so low that they're not committing to their goals. So if you are affordable, but you also have people who are committed to reaching their goals, who are consistently coming, then that's, that's a good place to be. Yes. And the way I do it too, is you have to sign up in advance for classes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when people know that they're signing up, they're committed, they're coming to that class because yes. if they don't show up, they don't, they lose it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've, I, finding a price point in the beginning was, a little bit of a struggle for me because I didn't want to exclude anybody. Mm -hmm. I also never wanted to, you know, charge too much. Um, so I think where I, where I fall right now is, is, um, is a good fit for, for me and for the clientele. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is very challenging in the beginning to establish that price point. And there are a lot of trainers, coaches, gym owners who do, really undercharge for the services that they're providing. And I think a lot of times it comes down to, it's really hard to separate yourself from your client or your customer, you know, because to us, a lot of the times it's like, we don't need the training. We don't need the help with the nutrition. We don't need the accountability. We don't need a lot of the services that we're offering. Um, so sometimes it can be really hard to put a price on that and kind of, you know, establish where it should be because a lot of times we don't value it as high as somebody who has never worked out in their life, has no idea what to do, has no idea how they should be eating, like really needs mm -hmm. that help. So, you know, a lot of trainers, sometimes I hear crazy low prices, like, like $30 an hour for a personal training session, where on the other side of things, we have people who are charging upwards of $200 for an hour training session, you know, so there's so there's extremes in every area, but um, it's just, it's definitely hard in the beginning, especially to establish those price points. Yeah, and you have to find a balance. And I think too, there's something to be said for um, keeping, keeping it accessible to people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, like I said, where I live in, in the Hamptons, people just start throwing these prices around because people will pay for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
you know, I've grown up out here and as, as a client of those places myself, I really found that a little, like it would put a bad taste in my mouth to have to go to a gym and pay an astronomical amount of money. And it wasn't always worth what I was paying. Right. right. So mm -hmm. It has to be worth, it has to yes. be worth the price. Right. And, um, you know, I, I also have to stay in business. I also have to pay the bills. So like I said, I think where, where I land is, is working for me. Now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can't just slap a price tag on it and then provide the same level of service that you get for $10 a month elsewhere, you know, exactly. like, yeah, the, it has to be congruent there for sure. Um, all right. So now what are your main focuses within the business? What are you directing most of your attention to for 2022? So right now, like I said, I've, I just finished training another girl. So we, we have, there's five trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, we're looking forward to the summer. The summer is a bustling time, adding more classes to the schedule. Um, and then just pumping up Sculpt Elite, which is my online platform. And everything, like I said, everything I do is through Instagram. Um, I've been, I did a, an appearance for free people uh, a month ago. I've done a pop-up with Athleta. I'm trying to make some connections with some brands, yes. um, get myself out there on other platforms. And, you know, just put one foot in front of the other, keep doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. and doors, they just open, you know, when you meet someone and that person knows somebody else and, and making those connections with other gyms, other brands. Um, I love meeting other trainers. Um, I love doing, you know, pop-up events at this, at the studio, offering all kinds of, of classes. So, um, you know, just looking ahead is it, I'm really focusing on the summer Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and getting the schedule locked down with a bunch of classes and bringing my other trainer back from Puerto Rico and just, you know, busting out a great summer. Yes, yes <laughs> absolutely. Exciting times because things are feeling more normal lately. Yeah. So that is definitely helpful as far as business goes. And it's almost like a kickoff for you because you know, you were only open for a very short amount of time before COVID. So it's almost like kind of, you know, yeah. a fresh, a fresh start almost. It does feel that way. You know, yeah. within the last couple of weeks, it definitely feels like, okay, we can relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had to do for a while that the vaccine mandate, and unfortunately some people couldn't come and, you know, it, it's all been, um, very chaotic at times. Yes. Um, with the mandates and figuring things out and what do I have to put in place? Um, so yeah, it's nice that right now it seems a little bit more relaxed. People are feeling more comfortable coming out and, um, yeah, we're, we're doing great. We're doing really great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad to hear that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? You can find me at Sculpt by Emily Tyson um, on Instagram. I have a Facebook page. Unfortunately, I'm not as active on Facebook as on, on Instagram, but I'm on Sculpt by Emily Tyson. And you can find me at SculptByEmilyTyson.com if you want to book classes or sign up for my online uh, subscription. Awesome. All right. Perfect. So 
Emily from Sculpt by Emily Tyson in Hampton Bays, New York. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, one of the owners of CrossFit Core, K-Town, Kenora, Ontario, Canada. Dave Emery, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you on, sir. Let's jump right into it. Without further ado, tell us what you're all about there. What's CrossFit Core, K-Town? What are you about? Uh, we are a very strongly community-based gym that we started almost, well, we're in our 10th year, so it's been going pretty strong, and we've had a nice, strong um, core group of members from the beginning. Uh, we have some members who have been with us from the from the start, and it's just a, we went into it with the idea of bringing Kenora something they'd never seen before, bringing CrossFit into town, and just bringing the idea that CrossFit can be for everyone, and making sure that that message is echoed in the town and anyone who comes into our doors, uh, making that work for basically whoever comes through with any ailment, uh, any age, any physical background, just trying to make it for them and making it feel as though they're family in our gym, in our community. Awesome, man. So give us some history, give us some background. You know, you're in your 10th year. Um, how did this thing, you know, come to life? What, where did the ideas spring from and, and what does it look like over, you know, nine plus years? Um, it's been a adventure and a half. That's all I have to say for sure. Um, I've been doing things in the fitness industry for, oh, it's hard to believe actually, but since I was 23, um, I'm 38 now. And I started with, um, you know, your classic personal trainer kind of certification uh, then kind of getting into yoga and starting to teach yoga along those lines in a traditional sense of a yoga class and then venturing into martial arts. And I worked with a partner there for a while. Uh, we got into doing kind of some classic boot camps, took my first CrossFit level one seminar, thinking about just making and using this to get better for karate and working through that and getting in better shape. And to not sound super cliche, it kind of totally changed my life. And I never thought it would, but it completely did. And ever since that 
that seminar, I have never looked back and I had kind of a clear focus of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to offer people. Um, the gym kind of came along uh, with two of my friends who I was training at the time and they said, let's open a gym. And at the first I was like, hey, uh, okay, sure. Um, right. But we talked a little bit more. We got a plan in, involved. We found a space and never looked back. It's just been head forward and head on through. And it's been crazy ride, but it's been a lot of fun and we've learned a lot. And, uh, moving forward, uh, we're looking forward to another, another 10 years or more. So it's been a good time. So, man, so it originally started out with, with you and, uh, you know, your two friends who you were training and that's something where, you know, you've, you've kind of maintained that for quite a while, at least the first eight plus years, um, and then brought on, uh, another partner in the last year or so, how has it evolved for you? Like how, how did it work at the beginning? And now how has it evolved for you kind of in, in broad terms for figuring out um, responsibilities, um, different, you know, different aspects of the business, whose strengths and weaknesses, uh, whether it's somebody who's, you know, if, if any of your partners are more investors um, or, you know, involved in operations, like how has that evolved over the years? Um, it stayed very, very similar actually over the course of the, the past couple of years. When we first started, um, we went into it head first, knowing that I was going to be uh, doing all the training, all the coaching. Um, Nathan, my other partner, who is the jack of all trades, he is um, an amazing individual who can fix and or make almost anything. Uh, so he is really responsible for a lot of uh, the building maintenance and just making things happen in terms of getting the, the space good to go and ready if anything happened. Um, his wife, Anna, was the person who took care of all the books and all the business side of things for the most part. And I was going into it head first, knowing I was the only really kind of head trainer going in and running the day-to-day -day floor classes, training side of things. So from there, um, it stayed very similar. Nathan got his level one. Um, he helped me coach on occasion, but both Anna and Nathan um, run another business as well in town, um, a family business that they've had and been involved with for many, many, many years. Um, so they were more in the background, uh, keeping, keeping me focused and keeping me on task um, as I was kind of here in the gym kind of headstrong going forward with the training and kind of guiding the classes as we go with programming. Um, John has recently come on in this past year and he has taken over more of a role in the general management of the gym, um, working what kind of what Anna used to do uh, more so. So he's kind of taken over that side of things, plus really taken onto the social media and the marketing side of things in terms of where he goes. And he does a lot of that, that side of things. And with strengths and weaknesses, we've always played to our to our strengths for the most part. I've always tried to learn and build off of those because I didn't have a business background. I was just, you know, classic personal trainer coming in, just going for it. So over the years, I've kind of, after seeing trends, learning these things, tried to learn as much as I can. But we've always, the four of us, um, in the beginning, the three of us really played to our strengths and just stayed in our lane 
and made plans together to move forward and make a make an overall plan and then just built off each other's strengths. Now with John coming in very similar, um, me and John handle more of the day-to-day stuff at the gym and Anna and Nathan or are a little bit more in the background and we pull together and then continue making that final plan to move forward. So it is really a, a um, build off of our strengths and, and continue forward. All right. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to see, you know, there, there are a lot of failed partnerships uh, in the fitness business, I guess in, in any businesses, but the ones that seem to, to last the longest, you know, generally don't have a bunch of people with overlapping strengths and similarities, you know, different personalities seem to seem to work really well and different skill sets. And while it's good to know about different parts of the business, you know, at a certain point as you grow, it's good to be doing, you know, working your weaknesses is are, are cool if you're, you know, in your CrossFit class, right? You work your weakness and, and try to be more well-rounded. But in business, it's more like just play hard into your strengths and, you know, do the things that you need to do. But if there's somebody else that can do it, that that's fine too, right? You don't need to be the best coach and the best accountant on the team. Um, nope. There just isn't enough time to really make that ever make sense. So um, that, you know, work on your weaknesses. Uh, sometimes people try to throw it into their business and it's like, well, uh, the business is weaknesses, yes, but you can, you don't always have to fill those all with the same person. So cool to see that you guys have that figured out. So switching gears a little bit, um, you know, on the heels of history, in where you are now, you said that some of the first classes you ever coached at the gym were for seniors, which is pretty out of the ordinary for most gyms um, who aren't like a silver sneakers gym or something like that off the bat. Um, And it's something that you've carried on over the years. So uh, how much of that had to play with like your experience as a trainer, the demographic in town and and what have you done to really nurture that and keep it as a, make it into a big part of your program? Uh, the seniors program has been amazing. Um, they don't realize how much they've actually taught me in terms of how to be a better trainer, because it's a whole different world um, in terms of how you approach programming, how you approach each individual. You know, you have a lifetime, like we all do, we have a lifetime of of ailments and stuff like that coming at us and coming back at us. And they only get emphasized as we get older. Um, it was interesting when we first, when we first decided to have a senior class, um, it was one of those things where we looked at what was being offered in town and said, what isn't being offered in town? What can we offer that that'll separate us besides just a normal CrossFit class, which is completely different of what we'd have in town as well at the time. But there's always boot camps. There is always hit. There is always like, you know, things, high intensity, you blah, 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 all that kind of stuff being offered everywhere. But what was something very different? And we thought, you know what, there's a population in this town because we are very um, heavy into a tourist's retirement town for the most part, right? So there's a lot of that in town. And we were like, you know what, let's have a seniors class. Let's, let's see what we can build from. And one of our first uh, members was uh, my my mother-in-law per se, and she brought some of her friends. We had a nice group of 12. And while the gym was actually being, while the gym was being finished, I had, we had the space next door that I'm sitting in right now that wasn't actually a gym space. It was still unfinished and empty. 
And we just gathered up and we did, uh, we started this, the seniors program. And from there, as I got busier, I couldn't really have that seniors class anymore. So I kind of morphed it into an open gym time frame where they just came as a, as a, as a group um, at eight o'clock in the morning. They all met up because they're all friends and they, they came at eight and we, uh, we, I worked with them on the floor along with, you know, checking in with the group, check in, they got bigger and bigger. They kept coming more consistently. And then with COVID coming through when we had to separate and change how we did some things, we talked to them and said, would you be interested in a strictly seniors class? You know, and, and they're like, absolutely. And once that happened, we said, so when restrictions start to ease, do you want to go back to the way it was or do you want to keep the class? And they were like, absolutely keep the class. And I said, okay. So we now have two semi back-to-back -back classes of, of senior groups that come at eight to nine and then another one at um, 10 to 11. And they've kind of fit themselves in. They, they do, tr you know, travel from class to class every now and then but uh, they tend to stay with their crew and it's been really interesting to watch them um, grow and offer them a class that doesn't, you know, treat them less than, right? Our goal as a CrossFit gym and as a gym and as a trainer is to show them that they have lots of life left to give and they, they can get stronger and stronger as we get older. And it's been a really, really neat to see them explore these different aspects. Like one of my favorite hours in the day is when we work through some Olympic lifting with them. We don't hold back. It's not like they're snatching, you know, body weight overhead, but they're still putting things over their head in a smooth kind of functional fashion. And it's really neat to see them work through these patterns that they were never really shown before. Right. It's uh, it's a very interesting uh, program and hands down one of my favorite hours of the day. That's uh, it's cool that you've just kind of kept it along and, and nurtured it and built it into something big there. Uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you're also doing a lot with uh, youth athletes working in conjunction with some local schools and things like that. So. Uh, again, not your typical, you know, CrossFit, you know, people in their 20s to 40s coming in, you know, get getting wild doing wads. You're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Uh, how did that get started and, and what does that entail um, besides the fact that you're in northern Canada and, you know, everyone needs a trainer for their kid who plays hockey? What else? What else are you into there? Uh, well, when I was training and working through the martial arts as well. I worked with a lot of the kids classes and I really enjoyed that when I went kind of kind of shifted gears and came into the CrossFit space and we opened this gym, I still really wanted to work with the youth population because I think it's a great time to start. And I wish I had something like this when I was younger. Um, I love lifting. I totally fell in love with only lifting. Um, and I wish that there was something along the lines that taught me how to do that or, or groove me in a pattern where I could learn that a little bit smoother as I got older and just play, right? We noticed as well that kids don't play the same anymore, right? They don't play the same. They don't roll around anymore on the ground. Some do, granted, some do, but a lot of them don't play the same as how I remember playing when I, when I was growing up. And we wanted to bring them uh, this opportunity to make fitness more of you know, a game or a fun thing to do opposed to, oh, I got to work out, right? So we're trying to install habits 
that they feel as though, you know, working out can be fun and it can be enjoyable and not something that you should or have to do, right? It's something you want to do. And so why I've kind of followed this passion for so long is because I enjoy it. I've never been bored with what I do. Um, it's There's always something to learn. I think there's a lot to offer those students and those those youth in our community. So when I first opened the CrossFit Kids uh, program, um, it was myself and Nathan at the time way back, and we did everything from preschool all the way to teen. And I can tell you, that's a big span, right? That's a big span. Not together, <laughs> but uh, we offered uh, lots of different programs for different ages. And it again, like the seniors class, you learn heavily in these, these different populations that you're working with um, in terms of how to be and how to act and, and hold their attention. And it's a much different um, task holding a three-year-old's attention than it is a teen's, right? Sometimes just as hard, but you have to approach it a different way, right? So we, uh, we try and, and play with that as much as we can. And the next stage of that was going into the schools, right? Getting an opportunity to get into the school and work with gym classes as much as we could and offer what we do um, to our gym classes. And I was asked by a school that we're across the street from to come and do what they call a rec program. And I feel that's a really neat program and a lot of schools don't have it, but basically what this school has, has chosen to do on their own accord is they're pretty central in town. So they have easy transitions and easy transport is they organize different activities from grades four to six and they rotate every two weeks. So one of their rotations was I would get a group um, of grade fours for two weeks and they'd come to the gym. There'd be about 30 of them. And then I'd work through some, just some good little, you know, obstacle courses, some general fitness partner workouts. Um, and it's been going ever since. And I, I go to the school and do that um, for the months of basically the winter for the most part. So anywhere from October all the way up till, I think I just finished actually March. So the end of March. So I get into the schools, I get working with the kids and it's a bigger population of children um, that might not be in our CrossFit Kids program or even know about it, but it's a great opportunity for them to know about it. And, or if they can't get here at that time, we can still bring it to them. So it's a great opportunity to work with the kids and I find, too, getting into the high school um, is also a fun opportunity as well to work with those different grades. Because sometimes you end up with the same kids as they grow up uh, throughout uh, and they kind of follow you along the school year. But it's a, it's a great opportunity to offer um, that kind of gift of fitness and that idea and that habit as they get older. It's because it is one of those things that I, I truly believe in, in terms of keeping you sane here as well. Um, as well as physically um, healthy. Yeah, for sure. And, and in more than one ways, uh, more than one way, the, the kids are the future. And that's something, um, you know, we talked about off air a little bit is, is the future in general for you and in what you're doing there. And you have a strong eye towards that as well in different ways. Um, I think the last thing that we're going to be able to talk about is um, you spend a lot of time thinking about and starting putting into action different community outreach, different things that you can do um, in your local areas and in, in local where you are in Canada is, is relative, but um, getting out to other communities, um, showing people what they could do, maybe some remote training, some different stuff like that. So 
what what does the future look like for you? What do you want to bring into the gym? I know you know you've got room for some more clients if you want to bring them in there, but well, what do the grand plans look like for you? You know, two, three, you know, five plus years down the road. Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like we were talking about with um, having to stay very fluid over the course of two years with with COVID, um, it's it's given us a chance to really tap into that. Um, you know the technology that we have at our hands that makes it very, very easy to connect with each other uh, from a far distance, right? So I remember taking a few courses um, that I'd never be able to get to in terms of the timing just because we were able to do it through Zoom. And as, as much time as I spent on Zoom over the past two years, it's one of those things that's been really helpful in terms of making connections. And one of those connections is we've been trying to grow um, kind of an online community as well in our neighboring towns and cities that might not have access to a program that we are offering here or those trainer um, options that we have offering to them here. Uh, we're in a very active community in this kind of sunset country, as it's called, like Kenora, Dryden, Red Lake, Port Francis, all these different areas. We're a very active outdoors community. And I think it's a great opportunity to strengthen those outdoor communities by or activities by bringing them into our CrossFit family. Um, if they can't be here in town, bring the gym to them um, via our online community that we're trying to build and grow and offer more and more to those individuals and not just into our, our local communities as well, but to whoever, whoever wants to join in and have some fun with it. Uh, we're looking at trying to expand that as much as we can to whatever we can to offer our ourselves as trainers and individuals to help people be, be well as I like to say be the ninja that's inside of you that we always want to come out right so we all want to be ninjas at one point um, and we have one living deep inside and that's what I feel that this stuff does it brings that out and allows us to be ready for anything that comes our way be it in our outdoor activities life in general living where we do you know like I was joking around we brought our daughter home from school um and I drove her car home flat tire yeah never expected right but it's one of those things that you have to be prepared for and in order to be prepared for that we need to be able to use our bodies in multiple different ways so we want to bring that to as many people as we can and that's one of those ways that we allowed ourselves to kind of expand is that idea of like well, we could Right. We don't have the opportunity to open a gym in Dryden or other places because we just don't have the, the individuals to do that. But, you know, it's one of those things that we can, can house it from here and bring them to our facility via the, the lovely interwebs and whatnot. Yeah. If you can't bring them to you, you can bring yourself to them and uh, still do a great service and grow your impact on the local communities. Awesome, man. Well, we are just about officially out of time here. Before I let you go, um, regretfully. There you go. Where can people find you online? Instagram, Facebook, social media websites. Where can they find you guys? Uh, it's all through CrossFit Core K Town. Um, our email address is CrossFitCoreKTown at gmail.com. Um, through um, our Instagram, it's Core K Town. Facebook, you just search our name, everything will pop up. We have a couple of different groups. We have a member group only. We have a public group. Uh, we are in the middle right now of 
retooling our web page. So the web page may have some older information on it, but we are hopefully getting that fixed and tweaked uh, for the summer and and moving forward. But we are in the middle of getting that taken care of. So. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, um, by the time it hits publishing, that'll probably be close to done. If it's not, bear, bear with them. But CrossFit Core K-Town, Dave Emery, it's been a pleasure having you on, sir. I appreciate your time and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. It's awesome. All right. Thanks, Dave. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. And hearing Dave and his story, if you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.